Welcome to the Illinois Realtors Podcast. I'm John Broadbooks with Illinois Realtors. From the standpoint of the real estate industry, 2019 wasn't great, but it really wasn't all that bad either in many parts of the state. This year, we saw overall median prices increase while sales decreased just a bit. At the same time, there were continued headwinds ranging from a lack of inventory, particularly in some areas of the market, to the ongoing regulatory and tax environment that many say stifles the economy. All this begs the question, what's 2020 going to look like? Here to talk about it today is Dr. Jeffrey Hewings, Director Emeritus with the Regional Economic Applications Laboratory at the University of Illinois in Champaign. Jeff has helped Illinois realtors track the ups and downs of the housing market for more than two decades, and he's known for his presentations each January at the association's public policy meetings. Jeff, thanks so much for being on the podcast. My pleasure, John. I want to spend most of this segment on the future, but from my standpoint, the data seemed to be all over the place when it came to sales. One month we'd be up, the next month we'd be down. Why did we see these wild month-to-month sales swings in 2019? I think that part of it is the incredible uncertainty in this economy. And I think if we we track what has been going on in the uh, stock market, uh, we see the same sort of behavior where we'll have uh, several weeks where movements seem to be positive and continuing. And then suddenly some uh, economic news comes out that is not viewed very favorably, and down we go. The second component is uh, we track. Uh, a couple of um, consumer sentiment indices. And I would say 10 out of every 12 months in the last couple of years may have been pointing in opposite directions. Some cases, uh, consumers are very optimistic about the short run. In other cases, they are very pessimistic about the short run, although much more optimistic about the long run. The next month, the reverse is the case. And all of this, I think, uh, preys very heavily on the uncertainty in the housing market, because clearly for almost everybody, uh, a housing uh, decision is one of the largest financial decisions they're going to make. And clearly, uncertainty in the the market and the economy is going to weigh very, very heavily on the decision to buy, a decision to sell, a decision to upgrade. And complementing that, and we can talk about this a little bit more later, uh, in Illinois, one of the most important decisions is whether we're going to buy uh, locally or whether we're going to move somewhere else and buy a house there. Sales-wise, should we expect more of the same in the year ahead? Yeah, I think so. I think it's going to be uh, very much a, uh, a more muted market, at least for the first part of the, uh, of the year. I think the political, national political situation is going to play an important role in conditioning uh, consumer sentiment. I mean, most of the forecasts are for a very strong holiday season in terms of consumer sales. But I think once we enter the new year, I think people are going to probably cut back. I think they will probably defer a lot of purchases. And part of that deferment will probably be uh, reluctance to to enter the housing market in, in the great numbers. And I think that uh, as I look at uh, what a number of the national models are forecasting, I think that's pretty much on track. So I think what we're going to see here locally is going to reflect the general trends nationally. And so what will happen is we will see as we enter into the spring, the month-to-month sales will go up. 
But year-over-year sales, I think, are likely uh, to be, in most cases, very close to no change year-over-year or trending slightly negative. Now, sales may have been up and down, but median prices provided uh, pretty much steady increases through the year. Do you see median prices continuing to increase? And if so, uh, by how much? I think they're going to continue to increase. And I think this has been one of the uh, rather sort of anomalies of the uh, the housing market, that when you see sales uh, behaving the way they are, you would expect some sort of concomitant change in prices. But prices have been trending upwards now for several years, uh, not alarmingly, uh, but that's, I think, very good news. Uh, I think it reflects a couple of things. One is that the inventory is low, and so when people are interested in buying a house, they are finding that um, bargains are are not not there to be had where you might have expected that that would to be the case. Uh, and so I think we're going we're going to see uh, increases. And so by um, by the end of uh, 2020, we're going to uh, expect a, a median price of around 207,000 in Illinois and 243,000 in in Chicago. So from a sales perspective, it's uncertain. From a price perspective, I think we're going to see continuing but modest increases. Jeff, in your 2020 housing report, you predict that home sales will increase in many months in Chicago, but decrease in areas outside of the Chicago market. Is this upstate-downstate divide widening, or is this just a continuation of what we saw in 2019? Well, it is, but except in the post-recession uh, recovery period, when uh, manufacturing was one of the leading growth centers uh, in the in the economy, uh, we saw a lot of places in downstate like Peoria, uh, Rockford, um, the Quad Cities, doing very very well because they were being very much propelled by by uptick in in the manufacturing sector. But the uncertainty nationally and internationally has really begun to bite on the Illinois economy. I mean, we're very much aware of what has happened with the farming sector, the uncertainty around uh, the tariff uh, negotiations. I guess that's a polite way for it to be referenced, uh, with China are really having a huge negative impact uh, downstate. And it's not people say, oh, farming is such a small component. But there are a lot of communities downstate that directly and indirectly are very, very dependent uh, upon the farming sector. And I think this is, is going to um, uh, to continue probably well into the new year. Uh, the, the latest information we have suggests that it's very unlikely this year that there will be any agreement with, with China, which means that that uncertainty, what will happen to uh, the crops and so forth, is going to continue. At the same time, uh, outside of the farming sector, uh, the global economy is is basically very much in a slowdown as a result of uh, the U.S.-China uh, tariff war. Uh, the fact that Europe at the moment is in turmoil, the German economy is technically uh, entering recession, at least for the manufacturing sector. Uh, today, we have the election in the United Kingdom about whether the U.K. is going to uh, uh, have a government which will accelerate the exit from the European Union. All of this is presenting enormous uncertainty. And so, as a result, 
uh, investment in manufacturing is declining. Production uh, has uh, really declined very much. It's still positive, but uh, you know, month over month, year over year, it is declining. All of this is is leading uh, to a very, very negative influence on the Illinois economy. And even though directly we are not as dependent as other parts of the U.S. on international exports, indirectly we are part of supply chains that end up in products that are internationally exported so that we are now receiving some of those negative effects of slowdowns in Ohio and Wisconsin and Michigan uh, on the Illinois economy's manufacturing sector. We, we've talked for a number of years about the economic challenges that Illinois faces, and you just outlined a number of them. Not the least of these is that Illinois continues to lose population. This constant loss of population at some point seems to have to be reflected in the housing numbers. Are, are we seeing that in the data you review? Yes, we are. I mean, the, the growth rates we're looking at here are much more muted uh, than other parts of the uh, economy. And I think the uh, the issue that we, we have to understand is that migration has been a, a common phenomenon in, in the U.S. I mean, 10 or 15 years ago, we would talk about one in four households moving uh, every year. And this did not necessarily mean moving from one state to another. In some cases, it was from one part of a community to another or from one community in one city to another community within that same city. But we've, we've seen um, uh, a trend in the last decade that has resulted in significant uh, net out-migration, particularly of some of the, uh, the most active parts of the population. By that, I mean people who are, say, 25 to 45. And this is not unusual for us to, to see people moving in and out. But right now, we're seeing more people moving out than coming in, particularly in those, uh, those age groups. And those are the people that, as far as the housing market concerned, are sort of the prime candidates, first-time buyers, or people who have bought a house, end up you know, starting a family, and then are looking to, uh, to upgrade. So that sort of energy that migration has provided us within the past in terms of the housing market has been dissipated somewhat. I mean, it's not disappeared, um, but the levels of, um, of activity that's generated by those segments of the population are no longer as large as they were some years ago. And I think that part of the, the problem uh, is centered on, on a couple of things. One is, I think the business community now has enormous flexibility about where they can locate. And uh, people say, oh, yes, but we have O'Hare. But O'Hare uh, does not have a ring fence around it. Uh, people, firms uh, in Wisconsin and Northwest Indiana can access it just as easily as, as folks in Chicago. And when we look at um, uh, our fiscal challenges now with um, unfunded pensions in excess of $130 billion, uh, the problems of our current account deficits, uh, all of these things, I think, are generating enormous uncertainty on the part of businesses that are already here or businesses that might otherwise have thought about uh, locating in Illinois to think twice. And uh, in fact, uh, some some work that uh, one of my PhD students 
uh, did uh, for his doctoral dissertation had shown that the 2011 uh, tax increase uh, really did have, um, uh, I say, a positive impact on net migration, but for Illinois, a negative impact. In other words, more people left than, than coming in, much more so than had been the case in the previous uh, decades. And I think um, uh, the two concerns here, one is, uh, as a result of this, property taxes are now very, very high and are seen uh, by many people from outside the state as, as, as a sort of a negative. And for people inside the state are often, uh, if one believes, uh, that, uh, one can generalize from letters to the uh, Chicago Tribune, a source uh, for moving uh, from Illinois to some other part of the country. And this, this is, I think, um, a real concern for the housing market, because even though uh, we now uh, have a budget and we have a, an accelerated um, capital uh, investment program, uh, a lot of the funding for that is, is very much dependent on Governor Pritzker's proposal for a graduated income tax. And of course, that has to uh, be voted on uh, by the electorate uh, in the coming year. And I think that uh, the one concern that I have always had about Illinois is that anytime they raise a, a taxes, it's often not very clear what's going to happen to that money. And I think unless uh, the governor complements uh, this, this proposal with a very, very uh, carefully orchestrated plan as to how the additional revenue is going to be allocated, I think businesses are going to continue to be very suspicious that it'll just be business as usual in Illinois. The additional monies will go into a big pot and they will be undifferentiated. The deficits, whether they're going to be addressed or not, that's still not clear. And I think all this uncertainty, I think, is, is going to be something that if we do not address, I think it's going to have a very negative impact on the housing market not just next year, but in the, in the next two or three years. Probably the one question everybody is asking is, uh, do we see any recessionary clouds on the horizon? Will we have a recession? And if so, is there a time frame we could talk about? Well, uh, if you ask me one week, I'll give you one answer, but next week, another one. And I think part of that is that um, it's, it's very, very hard to really get a, a long-term vision about what's going to happen, particularly in Washington. And I think that the sort of uncertainty I was alluding to about what's happening in Illinois is now happening at the national level. I mean, we had a couple of weeks where the market was all excited, negotiations had started with China, and then bang, something happens, and we're right back. The market goes down again. Uncertainty continues. Um, I think the, the general evidence from from the, the tax cut uh, is that um, – it has not had the impact that I think uh, the proponents claim, and that is uh, a lot of businesses are sitting on money. They're not making investments. And to some extent, I don't blame them. I mean, given the uncertainty, um, would you really want to con commit to a huge investment in machinery to increase your employment um, without the expectation that you're going to be able to sell the goods and services? And increasingly, those sales are outside the country. And so uh, if if the international context is, is uncertain, then that that is, is going to have uh, uh, some clear impact. Um, most of the 
the folks seem to feel that we, if we were going to have a recession, it might have we might have been seeing some early signals now. Um, the Fed uh, kept rates the same. Uh, this time, they didn't see a need for further uh, stimulation. So I think there's a feeling is we will probably, I hate to use the word limp along because that's pejorative, but I think probably continue with this uncertainty. But um, it's not clear that there are very strong signals that we're likely to end a recession. We're talking with Dr. Jeff Hewings, Director Emeritus for the Regional Economic Applications Laboratory at the University of Illinois Champaign, and he's been talking about the challenges for the housing market in the year ahead. Jeff, inventories continue to be depressed, although they did see an increase on an annual basis for just a few months in 2019. Are we ever going to see inventories meaningfully start heading north, uh, seeing a meaningful build back of this inventory? No, Uh, except for one area, which... We were looking at the data in the last month and uh, have um, noticed that the foreclosure inventory that had declined until a couple of years ago has started to build up again. And uh, the person who does uh, the work for us is actually looking at this, uh, this month to try to understand why is this happening? As we know, in Illinois, we have a court-mandated system. And uh, as a result of this, a uh, house that was uh, planned for foreclosure might take as much as six years before that property uh, goes through the various processes and then enters the market. And uh, there's been quite some work. In fact, in the last month, I've had two papers from academic journals to review who've been looking at the role of REOs uh, on housing prices. And um, uh, there's a lot of empirical evidence that that is having a a muted effect. But at the same time, we're seeing this inventory rising. And so uh, in in many months, I would say probably in 14, 15, and 16, um, the the median prices increased mainly because foreclosed property sales prices increased more than regular sales. And as a result, that had an impact. So the question now is, as we move into 2020, what is going to be the impact of this increasing foreclosure inventory on the total inventory? Are people uh, going to look very pejoratively on foreclosed properties? And of course, a lot of it depends upon the condition that they're in and so on and so forth. But what we've seen is that the gap between foreclosed prices and regular prices has been narrowing. In other words, foreclosed prices are being going up much more rapidly than regular prices. So if the inventory in foreclosed uh, prices is increasing, is that going to somehow contribute to the overall inventory? I think still a lot of people don't want to look at foreclosed properties. Um, you know, They want either new um, properties or they want something which they don't regard as contaminated. And um, so that's something we want to look at. Uh, but overall, I think the inventory is not going to be uh, changing very, very much. We're not seeing a, a huge uptick in in housing construction. Uh, we are seeing an uptick in the construction of rental units, uh, particularly in Chicago. But um, I think um, we can't look at much in the way of a change for inventory in 2020. 
Affordability is an ongoing problem in Illinois, and really, it's not just Illinois, it's nationwide. Do you see affordability getting any better? And if so, do policies such as boosting transfer taxes or implementing rent control help or hurt the state and the state's homeowners? Well, there's no one fix. Um, and I think that's, I think a lot of people, they look at places like New York and San Francisco and say, oh, we need rent control. And rent control is a very, very complex uh, issue. And I, I'm not sure um, it's really going to, uh, to to solve the problem. You know, We have a problem in the sense if prices continue to increase, and while we've seen median wages increase, if you look at the distribution of those wages at the lower end, they have been stagnating. I mean, there has been virtually, the, you know, the, the bottom quintile and the, the one above that. So the bottom 20% of wage earners have really not experienced much in the way of wage increases. And those are the, the people who are looking at houses in the uh, 80,000 to 200,000 range. The inventory there is very, very low. Uh, that's the first thing. And, and secondly, for many of those folks, uh, that's still beyond their um, affordability. And, and as a result, uh, we're seeing housing affordability now, I think has gotten worse uh, in the last year uh, as a result of this. And, and I think when people just look at averages or median prices, they don't take into account all this, this variation. At the upper end of the spectrum, uh, obviously it's, it's, it's not, a, not a major issue, but it's, it's really the $200,000 dollar house and below that I think is where the inventory problem is important. And even there, again, we're seeing those medium prices in, in that range increasing rapidly, again, making it impossible for people in the, those lower two quintiles to really uh, uh, even contemplate buying a house. A recent article in USA Today noted that baby boomers were aging in place and consequently were tying up a lot of real estate in the market. How does this affect a state such as Illinois, which has a older population relative to many other states? I, I think you have to look at it from two perspectives. One, um, if if I retire and move to Florida, um, yeah, I make my house available, which might be good news for the housing market because I'm increasing inventory. But what I'm doing is I'm taking my pension, my uh, uh, 401k income, and I'm spending it somewhere else. I'm not spending it in, in Illinois. And the, the problem that a lot of people don't realize is by 2030, 20% of our population is going to be over 65. They have enormous discretionary income. And secondly, uh, they spend a lot of money on goods and services provided locally. So their multiplier or ripple effect is very, very high. They spend a lot of money on healthcare. Um, and that healthcare is provided locally. So, um, from that perspective, yes, they're staying in their house. Uh, on the other hand, they are contributing significantly uh, to the economy, and it's 20% of the economy by 2030. So, I, I don't think we should be too quick to say, well, let's try to encourage them to leave. I mean, the way to do that is to increase property taxes, to increase the state income tax, and, and so on and so forth. And that will accelerate it. So we might have houses, more houses for sale, but who's going to buy them? And, and that's the issue, because we're not getting that, that energy coming in from the 25 to 45 growths. We've covered a lot of ground. Are, are there any bright spots in all this data? Yes, I, I, I do. I see, 
I see, a, I think, an increasing recognition that the problem uh, facing Illinois are not going away. And I really commend uh, the Tribune for continuing to have this drumbeat. I think either today or yesterday, uh, they had another editorial about the out-migration uh, issue. And I think, I think one of the problems is that we've, we've not had organizations, um, both you know, sort of public sector organizations, uh, community organizations, business organizations, who put enough pressure um, on the government to have some consistent long-term strategy. We know we have to um, address this. And I'm, I'm just sort of hopeful that perhaps in the next year, once the uh, national uh, picture becomes a little clearer, that you know, groups of people can sit down and, and really begin to think in terms of a strategic plan for the state. I think there's a lot of willingness to do that. But what, what I, I hope is we can have some leadership that's coming. And uh, I commend your organization for the fact that I think they have been very helpful in trying to promote some of uh, uh, these issues and, and get uh, policymakers and politicians uh, not to put their heads in the sand and hope that they will go away. They're not going to go away. And uh, um, there are a lot of academics who are very excited to offer help. And it would be very nice if we could uh, get all of those folks together and uh, begin to address this issue. Because I think too much of, of Illinois strategy has been year to year. And um, there are a lot of issues that are going to require us to sort of take an attitude. Maybe it's going to take us 20 years. But you know something? If I'm a private sector person and I see that the state is willing to do this, I'm going to be much more willing uh, to come in and hear. What I don't want to do is come here and then suddenly have a governor like a Blagojevich announce, oh, we're going to have a new tax that's going to reduce your profits by about 15 or 20 percent. That's not the environment uh, that requires growth. So let's hope that we've got some people now who are uh, understanding uh, that we have some challenges. We're going to have to face them and it's going to be some difficulties and we just cannot go on as before. We've been talking with Dr. Jeff Hewings, and if you're interested in learning more about the association Illinois Realtors Collects or obtaining a copy of Dr. Hewings' annual forecast for the Illinois housing market and what it might look like in 2020, you can get that and all sorts of information at illinoisrealtors.org slash marketstats. Jeff, thanks so much for being on the podcast, and Happy New Year. Yeah, Happy New Year to you, and let's hope it's a really happy new year.